Welcome to the family with Ellie Nick, Alex Brampernard Rasmussen, Andy Brampernard, and Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. A couple of special guests this hour will be Schmoozin. Alex has joined us. We'll be right back with the family. It's time for Team KQ Walzer's third annual Tour de Cure ride. Join me, Doug Sprinthal, Michael Bryant, and a ragtag group of riders as we raise money to fight diabetes. This year, the ride is Saturday, June 1st, and starts at Boom Island. We take the 26-mile route. It's a ride, not a race, so people of all abilities are welcome. It's a worthy cause that raises millions to support research for a cure for this terrible disease. Go to diabetes.org slash kqwalzer or email doug at walzer.com for more information. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Love this song. She's messing with her mic again. It doesn't work for me. It works, sounds fine. No, but every time I move, but then I, I'm too. Oh my God! Could you (laughs) grow up? (laughs) Even the cord. Stop doing that. If I move the cord. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this is what it's like to be a parent. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. She's your daughter. <laughs> My daughter. That's I'm a exactly product. Right. Of, I'm a product of your upbringing. Hey, so. I got a nice message just now. Hey, Tom, it's Pete Hegseth. Looking forward to being in studio tomorrow in the 9 a.m. hour. Love the show. It'll be fun. Thanks for having me. Pete Hegseth, of course, like I said, the morning one of the morning anchors on Fox News. Pete Hegseth, uh, the war hero. I mean, this guy did it all, served several tours. He was a guide at uh, Guantanamo, Minnesota Bar. Our Minnesota's own. Grew up in Minneapolis, so Pete Hegseth. i got to get Pete in on this show sometime, too. He's a good guy. We have David on the phone. David's ready to go. David Courtright. How you doing, David? I'm well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. i, I got to start out. Uh, we're, uh, David's here to talk about the book, The Age of Addiction, How Bad Habits Become Big Business. Uh, I need to mention, David, because it's, it's you know so fresh in my brain just about uh, a little over a month ago. My best friend in the world lost his uh, daughter, 21-year-old daughter, um, because she met a guy and he talked to her, hey, you should try this, and she, uh, she did a drug and it killed her. And I, I'm telling you, it's just, 
the damage that these people are causing, it's just unbelievable. From a leading expert on addiction, a provocative, singularly authoritative history of how sophisticated global businesses have targeted the human brain's reward centers, driving us to addictions ranging from oxycodone to Big Macs to Assassin's Creed to Snapchat. I love this, by the way, David. The fact that we tend to be prone to addiction, don't we? That's right. We all have a limbic system. That is and that whole. system is exploited by corporations who know how to push your buttons. They do. David, I find myself, all these years later, I find myself doing things like, why am I doing that? And I'm doing it because I guess I'm kind of addicted to it or it's just a habit. I don't even want to do it. And I find myself, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like an example of what I'd be talking about. But it's just these, you know, whether it's eating some food I know is not good for me or whatever, it's like... you. It does drive me nuts that you can't control And maybe you can. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe I could learn something today, David. Well, I'm interested by the pronoun that you use. That you, you seem to be blaming it on yourself. Well, that's and true. And there's more to it than that. I mean, these companies are very deliberate in their strategy for developing irresistible products and products that we tend to overconsume. So this is a story about technology and marketing as much as your own weakness or your inability to quit a bad habit. Yeah, I mean, that is, though. The whole world now is, well, first of all, David, I would say, and I don't want to get involved in a, you know, a long political discussion here, but I just brought up uh, in the previous hour the fact that we have people on the far right and people on the far left, one sworn uh, to be very faithful to God and the other one is very progressive and liberal, and yet they do everything they can to destroy other people's lives. It makes no sense to me. It's like they're addicted to being angry and mean. It's weird. Well, I think there's a difference between maybe an obsession and an addiction. Okay, good, good. But I will say that if you, you want to talk about politics and you look at the past, both secular progressives and religious people came together in the war against commercialized vice. And uh, that, that's why we had prohibition, for example, in right. the early 20th century. I do see more... So more, there, there I, are some strange bedfellows here. I yeah. do see more products making their product more addictive, like Oreos. Oreos came out with the Oreo Thins. Yeah. You eat the whole box. The you whole eat box. the whole box because you can't stop eating them. Where the thicker Oreos, you won't eat the whole box. Yeah, you'll true. only eat a couple of them. But if you get the Thins, they're micro-thin. You'll eat that whole box. That's then that is pretty much the marketing part, isn't it, David? That oh, this is this is only about a third as big as an Oreo, so I eat, eat a the, lot of these. You eat the whole box. That is true, that, and, and that's part oh, of yeah, the Oh yeah, sure. There are a million marketing tricks, but there are also real changes that occur in your brain when you start consuming these products on a regular basis. Oh yeah, and, it, and it's not just with drugs and alcohol. It's with hyper palatable foods. It's with uh, gaming. It's with internet porn. Uh, there are neural common denominators here, and again, limbic capitalists know how to exploit them. God, it's so amazing. I love, I, I love this descriptor uh, that was sent along. We live in an age of addiction from compulsive gambling and shopping to binge eating and opioid abuse. Sugar can be as habit-forming as cocaine, researchers tell us, and social media apps are hooking our kids. I think social media is driving human beings insane. I, I think really it's do. causing a lot of damage. You feel that way, David? And it certainly causes a lot of distraction. Yeah. yeah I mean, exactly. I've just finished up a 40-year career as an educator, 
And I got to tell you, in the last 10 years, the number one problem that I've had in getting students to learn is digital distraction. Oh, sure. Yeah, I could see it. What, 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 what was your speciality? Did you, uh, what did you teach? No, I taught history at the University of North Florida. Wait a minute. In fact, I still might continue teaching, but one of the things I think about is, are they going to tune in? Yeah, that's if you want to get well, a benefit from an education, uh, you have to buy in. I'll tell and if you, you're massively digitally distracted, uh, that's not going to happen. I agree. And, and history was my favorite class because mm -hmm. I tuned in because I had a smoking hot teacher. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> but I did. And, and, and she, I listened that's to every nice. word she said. But I, and she, I got a great education from her. So it, it does matter. Yeah, it, it, it does. But the truth is that we're all competing with more and more things in the marketplace. And, and people who market products that are potentially addictive are targeting younger and younger people. That's another really disturbing aspect of this story. God, it's so amazing. We you see know, it. your your brain is plastic when you're young, and uh -huh. um, you learn, and basically addiction is a form of pathological learning. So if you want lifelong customers, go after them early. Yeah, that's what the, yeah. the vape companies are doing with kids. The vaping's, a lot of young kids are oh, vaping, really? and nobody knows what's in that vape liquid. It's all from China. That's right. Or, or even if the vape liquid is innocent, in other words, nothing in it except nicotine and some flavoring agents. Kids have figured out, hey, you know, I can add my hash oil, and oh. I got a really nice high. Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of blending that's going on. Are you? Are you? See, I'm, I'm an ex. Well, I don't consider myself an ex addict, but I was an addict. I got off drugs myself, and got 12. I'm 12 years clean now, but I. Do you, are you for the legalization of stuff like marijuana and hash and mushrooms? No, I'm a skeptic. Yeah, me too. I'm against I it. I mean, I, I think that you have to make a distinction between commercialization and legalization. There are certain drugs that are valuable, that should be legal and regulated and, and used in certain circumstances. But I think what's going on now is the emergence of a, a big cannabis industry. I, I think that the people who are behind this are not just interested in selling to people with AIDS and cancer. I think they're trying to create something like the tobacco industry in the late 20th century. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that's a mistake. Boy, it is amazing. Limbic capitalism. We see its success in Purdue Pharma's pain pills and McDonald's engineered burgers and 10 cent video games from China. All capitalize on the ancient quest to discover, cultivate, and refine new and habituating pleasures. Do you think part of it also, David, if you don't mind me calling you David? Um, no, that's fine. Okay. Uh, it's part of it the fact that I do a morning show as well. And when I get up and do the morning show, I tell people at very first break at 530 in the morning, I say, you, you should thank God that part of your job you're on your way to right now does not include having to read the news because it is so incredibly negative and hateful. I can see why people might want to, you know, hit the hash pipe just so they could not feel it for a while. You know what I mean? You're, you just feel so bad every day you watch the news or read the news or listen to the news. It makes you feel terrible. Yeah, but if you come through it carefully, there's some good news, too. Yes. I mean, yeah. did you notice that Mitch McConnell, for example, has come out for raising the age of purchase for all tobacco products? Yep. 
Or you mentioned uh, the Purdue Pharma earlier and OxyContin. Mm-hmm. Well, look what's happening there in terms of all the trouble that the, the uh, opioid manufacturers and distributors are in. Yeah, so there is pushback. There is pushback. David, I, got, I do have to ask you this question. You don't even have to answer it if you don't want to, but have you come under any heat for even bringing this up in a book anyway? Because i got to believe some people are not too happy with you pointing this out, you know? Well, sure. I would imagine that Olympic capitalists are not uh, uh, happy about having their, their abuses cataloged. <laughs> but the book is not, it's not a polemic. It's a right. history. It's, it's how did we get into this situation? How did we go from a world in which people discovered and benefited from new pleasures to one in which vice and addiction became objects of corporate design? That's the basic story. I think it's wonderful. I should mention, by the way, uh, I love the fact that you taught history. We don't teach much history in our school systems any longer. History is what got me through being a child, looking back at what used to be and how things worked out. You learn so much about discovering your own history, your country, your state, uh, the world history, whatever it is. You learn so much, and we've cut way back on teaching history, which makes me very, very sad. Well, because they're too busy rewriting it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we are rewriting a lot of history, David? Uh, Rewriting a lot of history? Well, I suppose that goes on all the time. But but I will say that I certainly have enjoyed teaching students yeah. as a professional historian. But, you know, I, I, I'm a switch hitter. I get to write about history as well, and that's what I've tried to do here. It is a wonderful thing. But, I, I well, look, I, I, like I said, I, I just think it's a great way to learn about how to do things or how not to do things, looking at positive history, negative history, whatever it is. got to look back at where we came from and where we're headed look forward to where we're headed. I think it's a really, really good thing. And I think that's what this book will do. It's like, you need to understand the reason you love to go to the same place over and over and over again is they found you and they marketed to you. (laughs) And that's why you're going back. I'm right there shoulder to shoulder with you. I go back to the same places all the time. And there are certain reasons for that, aren't there? Oh, that's right. And it didn't happen by accident. No. I mean, uh, the planning of Cues is very much a part of this marketing effort. Uh, uh, supermarket is a classic example of that. Boy, your purchases are not purely rational. There are certain sights and sounds that get you to buy products almost uh, as second nature. I think it's hilarious. There's a new campaign out for Hardee's Burgers. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Hardee's, uh, uh, they're kind of like a McDonald's if you don't have them in the area. There's a new campaign out for Hardee's where this woman or this man are standing there eating a hamburger, and they say, it's a bun, and it's a hamburger. We didn't harm one tomato or lettuce head by adding vegetables. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> it's, like, okay. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, actually. another example of that is, is how the word addictive has actually become a positive term yeah. in yeah, a lot of true. advertising. You know, and I, I think that's crazy. I would agree with that 100%. It's, it's good to be addicted. No, it's not in any way good to be addicted to anything, but it's, you know, I, I don't know. I think. And, and food addiction has emerged as a serious research subject. There's a lot of good neuroscience on, on food addiction. 
I don't mean to say that everyone who's overweight is necessarily addicted to food, but there is a real syndrome where people lose control. They think about food all the time. They go on binges. They eat to the point where they become sick and disgusted with themselves. Those are food addicts. Yeah. They don't need people trying to keep them on the consumption treadmill. I've never been addicted to a food but those Oreo, thin Oreos. I'm telling <laughs> you. He's back to the thin Oreos, you're, you're David. You open a box. You're eating the whole box. And I, and I literally said I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to have three. You cannot do it. You can't do it. Yeah, I understand. We'll close the, uh, the interview by telling you this, David. I uh, am 67 years old now. I smoke cigarettes. From That's the my age. There you go. It's great age. It's it's actually very young now, which I really like, David. It's like it used to be an old person. Now it's like kind of just middle age. He sounds a lot younger though. Than me? Thank you. He does. David yeah, that's great. Young. David sounds younger than me. I Way to go, was, David. I thought he was like in his forties. But uh, an example. I smoked from the time I was eleven till I was twenty-one. I quit smoking at twenty-one years old. So, David, it's been forty-six years. I still have to put my hand up to my mouth all the time. And I'm not doing habit. it consciously. I just, the habit of me putting something up to my mouth. And I quit smoking 46 years wow, ago. Crazy. What does that tell you? It tells you you have, a, you respond to a, to a conditioned stimulus. That's exactly what it is. We got to have you back, David. I'd like to talk to you a lot more about this. If you have some time in the near future, I'd love to reach out to you again, all right? Oh, listen, we have only scratched the surface of this subject. I'd be delighted to talk to you. Oh, thank you very much. We will absolutely reach out. David Courtright, ladies and gentlemen, the book, The Age of Addiction, How Bad Habits Become Big Business. We'll have David back, and we'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast, that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never like you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Spring is here, and there's no better time to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me. And it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK spring savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them I sent you and save 500 bucks on your LASIK. Offer expires June 21st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Hey, 
Ladies and gentlemen, do not be shocked, but it's true. We are actually on time today. Well, I don't know how that's even possible. I don't either. You guys didn't get here till late. Whoa. Well, I was here with you. Yeah, I was here for 10 minutes before anyone. And the, door, and the door was unlocked and open, by the way. I had to make a billion phone calls today. <coughs> Just so any, somebody knows, needs to know that. No, it's always... Unlocked? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the some of them are. Some of what? The doors. During business hours. Oh, during business hours, yeah. No, this door. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fine. A 95-year-old former soldier died last weekend aboard a so-called honor flight carrying World War II veterans home to San Diego after an all-expenses-paid weekend trip to Washington, D.C. Frank Machel, or Mikel, I guess it could be M-A-N-C-H-E-L, Machel probably, collapsed about an hour before the uh, chartered American jet was due to land Sunday. Oh, so it didn't, like, crash or anything? He just No, he died. He was 95. You know, 95 years old. 95, yeah. Uh, in any case, it was due to land on Sunday. The San Diego Union reported two physicians, including his own son, oh. Yeah. Dr. Bruce Manchell, were able, unable to revive him. But he you know died what? It's, it's actually not that side of a story because the guy got yeah. the. Yeah, it was true. like his last hurrah. Yeah. He's yes. 95 years old, going to the Capitol, finishing his life mission. You know, he probably was so content, like, what, there's nothing I could do next. I just, you know, finished my. My life. Yeah, so that's so not really. The, no, you're right. It, it's. You're I feel. Right. I feel. I kind of feel good for the guy. Yeah, 95 year old dying is like you know. Buddy, I'm saying he died under good circumstances. What more just, is there? Something cool. Yeah. Just do me a favor though. Don't let me die on the air. That's all no, I'm saying. That would, what do you do? Have, have you ever been on a plane where somebody died? Yes. I've been on two yep. flights where somebody died. Oh, me too. Really? Two yeah, too. Yep. Yeah. Did they what? just, like, keep them in the seat? Yeah, what they did. So <laughs> How did they die? Well, I know about the really big gal. Yeah, and they just they put her on a seat, and they actually put a sheet over her, and then they had yep. the seat. Nobody belt. look at her. There's only a belt seat, so you fall forward, so they tape you to the seat. <laughs> yeah. But they, they put oh, they yeah. Had, oh, yeah. So they asked if there's any doctors on the plane, and they made those passengers move, and the doctor sat with the dead lady. But that it's, Just in case? Well, just so no, <laughs> nobody's going to want to sit with a dead lady except the doctor. Um, wait a minute. Wait. I honestly, I've been on a lot of flights, and people talking to me, I might... Appreciate that scene. <laughs> yeah, dead. that's true. Yeah. And it was right in the beginning of the flight when she died, too. Like of course. 20 minutes Aww. in the flight. It was a you know across country, I mean, across over the Europe flight. Oh, so God. I um... <laughs> Well, uh, 1988, the Twins were flying out to Yankee Stadium to play the Yankees to open up the 1988 season after having won the World Series in 1987. So KQ gets a whole plane. And we're going to fly a bunch of listeners out there and go to the go to the Twins game. It's going to be the greatest thing of all time. Just before the flight takes off, Craig Schumacher, who did you know Craigie and the Schubabs and all the music and all that stuff for the show, is phenomenal. He comes up, and he goes, "Tommy, the guy's dead." I said, "What?" Because the guy sitting next to me is dead. I said, "No, he's not." He goes, "No, man, he's dead." And they went over there, and luckily they were they were able to get him off the plane before we took oh, off. So, so that was good. But yeah, the same seal. They 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 put a, a blanket over him and taped him to the seat. It's the only way. Because the only way to do it, I guess. I, in the but, second one, I seen they used saran wrap. They saran wrapped the oh, guy yeah. to the seat. Yeah. Saran wrap. Saran wrap. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, seeing dead people's interesting. 
remember? Do you guys do you guys remember that guy that was dead in the Byerly's parking lot? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Now Andy does remember that. Yeah. That's the first, the first dead person I ever saw was in South Florida floating down a canal. And, he was oh, all, and, it, was, and it was all bloated, oh. huge. And it was pure white, like the whitest, like yeah. white as this envelope. I would not and care for that at all. this big, man. Like you could punch him with a stick and he would blow up. I yeah. would not I care for that at all. And me and my friend were sitting there actually smoking pot in my van on the side of the canal and... Here comes his body floating down. <laughs> oh God! And it got caught up right there. It did like didn't pass us. Oh, it started bobbing up and down. No, it got caught in some brush and it just oh, sat there. Oh, gross! Jeff Passel told me one time he's on assignment for uh, I think it was Channel Eleven. I'm not sure. No, he did sports then, so it had to be a Channel Nine. The news. He was sent out. A guy was recovered. A body was recovered from the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. And it was severely bloated. Oh, they get big, man. They get, he said it was really big. Oh, it's big. ridiculous. This is huge. <laughs> he said this cop walks up with this long stick poked him, it up. and poked him. <laughs> and he, said, he walks up and he goes, Doosh, boom. Oh. Like that. Passel said the smell oh. was unbelievably They're horrible. They're full of gas. Yeah. They're full of gas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's like, oh. Rotten gas. He said I was, I was like, boom. <laughs> God, that would be. I'm glad I Talk, didn't ever see that. Talking about really gross things, since we're on the subject. So Speaking I, of which, I just introduced a, f- a female horse to my all male horses. Oh yeah. And you know, males do weird things around females. So yesterday, no. yesterday I great, I great the whole pasture so there's no manure anywhere. And the new mare, the female, oh, yeah. just takes a big giant steaming dump, and it's <laughs> real wet. Oh, and the God. big male Kleista comes over and eats the whole pot. Yeah. <laughs> what the f? Yeah. <laughs> and he's never done that in his life to any other male horse. Well, Dave, it was just the female <laughs> horse. It was just because it was the female horse. I he give him crap all. all the time. Yeah, I, I screamed at him and yelled at him and smacked him and get away from that, you gross animal. I Showing how much he loves her, yeah. that he's willing to do disgusting oh, things. That is disgusting. I, I was Catherine. sick all day. I was literally sick. So all I ever do with Catherine is I take uh, <laughs> take one to the right to the ch- the chops. Just how it is. Just how my life works out. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's too bad. Well, no, you're right though. It is not too bad. He probably wanted to die. He died like he wanted I to die. I think he was probably. finished. I think mm-hmm. you're probably right. I feel good about it. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I think mission accomplished. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get a hold of him. Hey, Nick feels good that you're <laughs> no, dead. I, no, I'm just saying, I think it, he, he could have died in way worse circumstances. Yeah. No, you're absolutely he right. He could have suffered for a couple of years in a hospital and died mm-hmm. by him. You're with absolutely just, right. With a nurse. What is that? You guys eat Arizona iced tea or drink oh, Arizona iced tea? I used, to, I used to a lot. No. You did? I'm used a lot. to a lot. It's very, very sweet. Yes. Actually, the, what's the, the green one, though? Yeah, I drink yeah, the green tea. Yeah, the green, tea. One the green is honey ginseng. one. The, yeah, it's actually really good. I love that one. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's in the news. Uh-oh. I, what's what's going on? I've been drinking that We're nonstop. We're going to find, uh-oh. I drink a lot. I used to drink a ton Let of it. Let me move away. She's been drinking a ton of it. It's nothing that that's it's that big a deal. Okay, there's Gin- not arsenic in it. <laughs> ginseng no. is rare, expensive, and takes a long time to mature. Arizona iced teas, green tea with ginseng and honey flavor costs 99 cents or less. For a 23-fluid-ounce can, if you li- feel like something's not quite adding up here, you're not alone. A new lawsuit claims that the drink contains no detectable ginseng. I believe that. Modern Farmer reports, according to the lawsuit filed in New York, three separate lab tests could detect no ginseng in the Arizona iced tea, but they did detect ginseng in two competing tea products, claiming to include ginseng. If it succeeds... 
The lawsuit could force Arizona to change the labeling for the drink, which Arizona says is the best-selling green tea in the United States of America. It's really tasty. Well, I don't, I don't taste it for or drink it for the ginseng. Well, it's, just like, it's soothing. It's, it's just like, like nice... wasabi. There's no such thing as real wasabi in America. Oh, oh there's not really? Zero. Oh, I didn't Absolutely. Know that. Japan's the only place in the world that grows, and they do not let any of it leave Japan ever. Yeah. So what is wasabi? It's, it's horseradish and cornstarch, yeah. basically. Oh, that's what it is. It's all fake. There's no real wasabi in anywhere but in Japan. You so, only can get it in Japan. So ours is just horseradish. Yep. yep. That's it. I've had real wasabi and it's very Synthetic different. Very wasabi. Different. <laughs> is it is it hotter or or not it's, as hot? It's a, just a different everything. It's 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 more of a nasal clearing. It's not really hot, but it's got a different thing to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of clears out your only, nasal and you cavity. You get it in certain sections of Japan because it only grows oh, on really? this one section of riverbank. It's very very rare, and it costs a lot of money. Okay, I got to run this by you guys because I don't know if I agree with this whole deal. I don't understand why this fan would do it. First of all, a Chicago Cubs fan at the game Tuesday night against the Miami Marlins could be banned from Wrigley Field for life if the home team ever catches up to him. While fans were often caught on camera at MLB games waving and making various gestures, one in particular has raised the ire of viewers and the team. Reports the Washington Post at apparent white power sign. Yes, I did say white power sign. Flash behind black commentator Doug Glanville, a former player who now commemorate or commentates, excuse me, for NBC Sports Chicago. As Glanville spoke on camera, a fan's hand entered the frame and made an upside-down OK sign right next to Glanville's head, uh, where it stayed until the camera cut away. People took notice immediately, noting how the sign has been appropriated by white supremacy groups as a racist one, with the fingers meant to show a W and a P for white power. But see, I looked at the the hand sign. It's just the OK symbol. It's not, and but also, you can't see his fingers, though. You can't see the W at all. Well, and, and upside down, upside down, yeah, wouldn't be a W. I'm not sure. Be an M. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, this has happened before. Maybe Wrigley Field isn't run the, by the smartest people on earth, but yeah, I don't really get this. M goes like this. W goes like this. This story happened a year ago with somebody else doing that symbol, and they were just saying okay. Well, they have pictures of. Everyone doing it's the OK symbol. They yeah, have pictures of Obama doing that. Yeah. Is he uh, is he flashing the white power symbol? Oh, do you do it I don't upside think down? So. Yeah, like that. No, just like this. Well, he he's doing it like this. Well, that would be M. Yeah, but this be an M, w. and that would be a QM. It wouldn't right. be PW. It would be QM because that's a Q, not a P. But this is the OK sign. Yeah. But they're right. they're trying to make that. They're into trying a, to make something. That's well, they're not, just yeah. trying to make another yeah. thing right, that white sign. people aren't allowed to do. <laughs> Or that, no, it's a P over here. What yeah. it, you know, we were talking about this last night. What is the black population in America? It's like 4% or something, 6%? In America? In America, yeah, America it's, it's about 16%. 13%. Was it 13 yep. Minnesota's 5%. Okay, so Minnesota's 5%. Mm-hmm. Yet, if you watch, and we've noticed this, it's more and more of the TV commercials and ad campaigns oh, yeah. are mostly all mixed. Well, they have minority quotas, so they have to yeah. include a minority in everything. Which just understand. ends up being disingenuous. Yeah, it's a f- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. God, I got to read some headlines here. Just the headlines alone are just. Are you kidding me? Whatever. Um, I don't want to read about that. Sex lives <laughs> collide when millennials move back home. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ah! Oh, I heard God, there's more no. millennials living with their parents than ever in history. Than ever in history. Yeah, that's what yeah. I understand. And apparently they're having sex, and the parents are going, oh, well. 
what the hell is this all about? Here's my favorite, though, Tom Brady. And I like Tom Brady. I think he's a hell of a talent, no yes. doubt about it. No getting around it. Great talent. Tom Brady says, and it's not in quotes, by the way, but they print it like it's a quote. Tom Brady says he agreed to a modest contract because he's selfless mm. and his wife makes a lot of money. <laughs> Who would say, I I'm have. selfless? I, I just want you to know I'm a selfless. A selfish person. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Only if you're a selfish prick would you call yourself selfless. I don't, I don't What's know. What's his Tom wife Brady. do? She's a, Giselle Bunchen. She's a supermodel. Oh, yeah, she's got all the money. Oh, she's worth a, like almost a billion dollars, like six hundred and fifty million or something. Yeah. Together, they're worth almost a billion. We pay. There's a woman getting paid six hundred fifty million dollars to to be clothes. pretty. Meanwhile, there are surgeons doing forty-eight hour surgeries getting one tenth the pay, if not le- oh, less, less than no, one tenth, one hundredth the pay. Mm-hmm. One percent, probably. It's disgusting. Yeah, I I don't understand it either. But that look, people do things now, and everybody else just lines right up to do it. I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Like I saw when we were in Florida after Christmas, right? It's hotter than hell outside. Mm -hmm. Every guy saw there around twenty years old was wearing a Mackinac jacket and a stocking cap. With a beard. They hipsters. all got beards. Hipsters. They're all hipsters. Mm-hmm. It's hotter than hell outside. Why are you wearing a stocking Why cap? Why do you have a beard? <laughs> Why do you have a beard? Why are you wearing a Mackinac jacket? Who started that? Alex, you probably know. No, I don't. The no. stocking cap with the... the hipster thing. I think yeah, it, it started in like Seattle. I don't know why... I think it did start in Seattle. Seattle or Washington right. for sure. I think you're absolutely right about the that. The whole beard thing too. Yeah, so where did, why has everybody got a beard now? I don't understand that either. it's cool. Well, no, it's actually fading out now. Gross. It's actually almost over. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a fan of beards either. Yeah, that beard, it's disgusting. Yeah, those beard. very famous beard. Well, and there's somebody ran, uh, like somebody just took a Q-tip and rubbed it in their beard and they ran all the stuff and it was like fecal matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and it, and the guy, and like wipe, wipe, wipe. staff, there was staff sponge. inside of his beard. Yeah, he was no, like, said, I just washed my beard this morning. Have more germs like, than anything. It's disgusting. Could, yeah. Think about the visual there. Wipe, wipe, wipe. <laughs> I wonder what I should do today. Well, no, it's just like, like from, you, you can wash your hands and stuff like that, but then <laughs> you touch air, things like, and, yeah. It's like a magnet. Not, it's like all a smells are particle-based. Not so. what I'm looking for, i got to be honest. I think the whole, the whole hipster beard thing with the, with the wool stocking, with the wool hats all started in Washington State. Yeah, I think you're mm-hmm. right. You're I don't know. It's right like it's warm that. outside. Why do you have that on? I couldn't agree more. You'll get no argument with the, with the lumberjack look with the final shirt. My oh, son's. Sits in the house with a stocking cap on. It's just because he's dopey. Uh, My husband? No, my son. (laughs) I said Dave did. I'm like, what? No, not Dave. No, my son. He just likes it. He has one of those stocking caps with a little uh, pom-pom ball on the top. And he just just plays Actually, I don't mind those as much as I mind people with their hoodies up inside inside establishments like inside I eating dinner a hoodie I could pull up. Hey, inside man. eating dinner at a I restaurant know. with I the know. hoodie up I, I have a problem with that and I, hats on it's like take your hat off yeah, but the, the hoodie's worse the only, well yes it is the, the only time I wear worse. a hoodie up in a plate in public place is if I'm cold like if it's like sometimes right. I have to bring sweatshirts in, into places during the summer because sometimes when you go from the heat into air conditioning it's freezing and I'm just like Oh my gosh! I'll put like my hoodie up just to keep my neck warm, and I'm like sitting at a table trying to eat. So candy ass. I know. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah. Doctor Ian Smith joins us right after this. 
What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here. You've heard me talking about how I've lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months thanks to the Nutramost Wellness Plan. Nutramost uses breakthrough technology that customizes the plan, giving you the tools to lose weight and keep it off. One of the many reasons that it works is that you eat real food the entire time, so after you hit your goal, you'll know exactly what to order at restaurants and what to buy at the grocery store. This doesn't happen with a diet plan where you drink shakes, eat prepackaged foods, or take drugs. Find out how and why Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss plan by scheduling your immediate consultation or attending the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, May 6th at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Register for the Nutramost dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. What do you think of that action? Let me know when Dr. Smith is uh, is ready to go, Andy, okay? Okay. 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 I can get that done. I can get, I can get that done for you. Don't worry about a thing. You know what I'm saying? You sound just like that, Andy. Mm-hmm. In case you were wondering. Exactly. I thought you it was, didn't know I what thought your it was voice Joe Flynn. <laughs> Mikhail, I could just scream. <laughs> I loved him. Joe Flynn was the greatest. Johnny Carson, let me ask you a question. Why every time I watch this show you go, you know, somebody told me. <laughs> he was just railing on Carson one night. Those old shows were great. Oh, God. Goodness. You know, we were just talking about that this morning, the fact that these, these talk shows now, the hosts are so horrible. Oh, you can't even bad, watch man. it. Carson would just stay out of the way and let everybody else be the star. Yeah. But these current guys can't do that. They nope. can't get out of the way. I like uh, Ellen. She's not uh, a late night host. I like Jimmy Fallon. I like Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon can be the most of the he's more. The, he's the most inoffensive yes. one. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Everybody yeah, else just got to yep. go. Oh, Kimmel is the worst. And you know what? Ugh. Jimmy Kimmel wasn't always like that. I know. You're absolutely right. I knew Jimmy like Kimmel when he was just Jimmy starting Kimmel. the man show. And he was a total normal dude. With Adam Carolla, right? Yeah. Yeah, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. They used to have a comedy store. Yeah, to me, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon just looks like he just wants to go have fun on stage, you know, with the guests. Playing the guitar and all that. Yeah, Yeah, just having fun, making people laugh. It's kind of, you know. Seems like an innocent guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I have got this particular talent it is unbelievable the how talented i am at promoing guests who then don't call sure. in yeah. it's just bizarre every time i promo it they call in either late or don't call in at all mm-hmm. what the hell is that very sharp thing you never know here. 
I have what? It's a very sharp thing, right, poking out from underneath. Would you pay attention to the show, for God's sake? She's on the phone, yeah. she's playing with the desk. It was my leg. It caught on my pants, well, and I felt it. You, could, with your feet on you the floor. could easily cut your leg if you like, crossed your leg. This would cut your leg. No, I'm concerned. Well, bring in a bandsaw and cut it off. I'll bring in a bandsaw. You could yeah, cut your leg on that. Oh, that is very sharp. See? Yes. What is it? I'll take care of it. What? It's just Needs a screw like that's a, been yeah, it's been stripped. Oh, and it's yeah. Thing yeah. is sticking down. Yeah, we just need something that spectacular. That needs something to smack it with. But you should sit with. with your feet on the floor. I don't like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> big baby. I like to eat and sit with my legs crossed. Leave me alone. Okay, is anybody surprised by the fact that Donald Trump lost one billion dollars back in the eighties? Not even. Not mm -hmm. at all. We've always known that. <laughs> yeah, that's been known. The Taj Mahal lost, I think, six six hundred and fifty million dollars, and then some other real estate deal. Do you know lost how many, you know how many casinos lost a billion dollars? Oh, I know. <laughs> all <laughs> of them. Oh. Two thousand eight. Every they casino all did. in the United States lost a billion dollars. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, in two thousand eight, Vegas almost went under. A lot of casinos closed up. They did a lot. They did. So I mean. There's nothing new about that. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was called to be a partner in a casino down in Biloxi, Mississippi. So we went down there and, you know, with a couple of people that really know about those things, they said, you don't want to do this. No, it's a dirty, dirty business, it man. They said, you do, you do not want to do this. Big, big headache. Yep. Yeah. He said, all of a sudden, you can bring all this money and somehow it just disappears. Yep. Uh, where did it go? I, I, I've been in some of the casinos in Vegas like the last day they were open. Like I was in the Sahara the last day it was open. And that's a massive casino, man. Massive property. Yeah. Just yeah. Massive. It was so run down. I mean, run down. Was it really? Because oh, that yeah. was like the rat pack. It was run down to nothing. Poles in the carpet. and I was there the last day it was open. We've got to congratulate Dave Chappelle, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Chappelle, the latest to receive the prestigious uh, Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. Nobody deserves it more than Chappelle. He's a very, very innovative, very funny man. Mm -hmm. Never met him, never talked to him. He's never been on a guest on any show I've ever been on, but I just really enjoy his uh, uh, his I'm, show. Was he as good he as cracked that. me up yesterday. I saw him yesterday, and... He, and they were showing him a clip from Jerry Seinfeld, and Jerry Seinfeld said, you know, if I just go on stage and I just let the material work, even though I'm getting a bad reaction from the crowd, if I just let the material stand for itself, I'll have a good night. And they asked Chappelle about that. He goes, material? I don't use no material. <laughs> <laughs> what material? He's only amateur what use you, material. What are you talking I really, about? I don't I have mean, any pre-written material. I just go out there and do my thing. I, I know. I, I kind of compare Chappelle to our modern-day Richard Pryor. Yeah, I you can know, see cause that. You know, because he just... He just does what he does, well, and he Pryor says what did, he says. But Richard Pryor did have material. He used material. He yeah, but it's just the way he, the way he, um, you know, portrayed his his craft in comedy. It just, it he, just, it looked like he was just winging it. What, what's funny about you Chappelle know? is when he gets into some serious thing, mm -hmm. he'll bring up some, like yeah, he gets yeah. into a deep, serious topic like racism or something, you know, and and at the end of it all, real <laughs> serious, it's like. I was just trying to have a threesome with those girls. <laughs> you know, it's just, he, he always brings it back to yeah. something not serious. Yeah. And Chappelle is a different kind of comic. I love there, him. There's nobody to yeah. compare him to. No, there's not. You're absolutely right. He's very, very funny. His TV show is probably the funniest comedy show I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. That TV show was phenomenal. I've watched, it, I've watched all three seasons like three times. I think, I think he's better than that show. You think so? I really do. I think Dave Chappelle's better than that TV show was. I love it. I don't it. know, man. I loved it. But I, I think he's it. better than it. I well, do. Could, I understand that. I think that. he's evolved now to be better than that TV show. I think if he came out with another one, it would be way better.
Mm-hmm. I don't know how they screwed that up. From what I understand, the reason he left the Chappelle show and walked away from $50 million is guys like, uh, what's that, that goofball's name in Chicago? Uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton were all, you're making white people laugh at black people. They, I guess they would, were all over him about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he, he lost like left. creative control from yeah. Comedy Central yeah, or something did. like that. Well, did he like disappear for a while? Yeah, he like went to Africa. Yeah. His, mom, his, his mom died. That's why that happened. Oh. His mother died and he couldn't stand to be around anymore. I so. think there was multiple causes of why. Yeah, there was. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think it, he kind of had a little meltdown and had to yeah. go away. Dr. Smith is on the phone. Oh, really? Okay, excellent. I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear that. Dr. Smith is on the phone. Why is, you know, it's always a good idea. That's all I'm saying. Dr. Smith, how are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Dr. Ian Smith, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Clean and Lean, 30 Days, 30 Foods, a new you. We've only got about 10 minutes left in this segment now because it's a bit later, but if we don't get to everything, I'd love to have you back uh, again to talk about this because I think it's really good stuff. Uh, clean and lean, 30 days, 30 foods, a new you. Losing weight can be simple. Get back to basics on your plate. Harness the power of intermittent fasting for quick results. Save time and money and train your body to move, and the excess pounds will slip away. Actually, could I ask you a question, Dr. Smith, because I've been talking to people about this lately. I uh, took up weight. I used to be a, a power lifter when I was a, a younger man, and I just took uh, up uh, lifting weights again, not power lifting, of course, but I mean, it's still a lot of weight compared to the average human, I suppose. But uh, one of the things I'm struggling with, Dr. Smith, and hopefully you can, you can help me with this through clean and lean, is if I don't eat enough, I can't put on muscle. And if I do eat enough to put on muscle, I also put on fat. So I, 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 clean and lean sounds like it'd probably be really good for me because I could probably eat a lot clean and lean to build muscle, but since it's low in fat and the rest of it, I'd probably do well, do you think? Well, yeah. Well, you have a very delicate balance here. You're trying to gain uh, muscle, Mm -hmm. uh, and you're also trying to lose fat at the same time. And what's important is this. You know, when you're trying to build muscle, you need to make sure that you're having enough protein uh, to be able to have the restorative process after you work out, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So what happens is, well, clean and lean is clean eating meets intermittent fasting. So basically clean eating means reducing the amount of processed ingredients in your food. Intermittent fasting means to alternate periods of eating with periods of fasting. So someone like, and by the way, the average weight loss in 30 days is 15 pounds. I mean, it's tremendous. That's phenomenal. That's tremendous. But someone like yourself was trying to gain, yeah, it's tremendous. But you're trying to gain lean muscle mass. And what you would need to do is kick up your protein intake, number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, you need to make sure that your weightlifting occurs during your feeding window. So during intermittent Ooh. fasting, you have a feeding window where you eat between certain hours, and then you have a fasting window. For you, your workouts need to occur during your feeding window. So the book gives you three different options. It's a 16-8, 16 hours of feeding, 8 hours of fasting. Mm-hmm. It's a 14-10, or it's a 12-12. And that's how you would break your day up. You eat your all your meals and your snacks, and Clean and Lean has three meals and three snacks a day. You would eat it during your fueling or feeding window, and then you'd fast during the other hours. But during your fast, and this is key for you because you want to get your fat uh, eaten up. During your fast, you do not want to break it with calories. You can have black coffee with a splash of, of, of organic milk. 
you can have herbal tea, and you can have water, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And if you eat calories during your fast, your body's going to end up using the calories from food for energy instead of using your fat storage. Yep. That's exactly what's going on, Dr. Smith. That's that's right on the money. And for me, let me ask you another question, because for me, and I'm assuming for most people, I can either eat or I can fast. For me, just eating small amounts of food doesn't work. I'd rather not eat at all, kind of what you're talking about. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And what, here's the key. Everyone's already doing intermittent fasting anyway. Think about it. Yeah. When you're sleeping, you're fasting. So if you sleep six hours a night, you're already fasting. What I'm saying to you is add a couple of hours before you go to sleep, add an hour after you get up, and now you have a nine-hour fast. And what's happening is during your fasting window, your body needs energy. And because it's not getting it from food, your body needs to drive into your fat stores. We have a guy, you know, you're trying to gain muscle. We have a guy who plays professional football. He was in our Facebook group, and people should join it. It's called Cleaner Get Leaner. He was in our group. He got cut from his team. He started doing the, the program. He lost 50 pounds, and he just got resigned last week uh, to the Carolina Panthers. So we have guys, women, older people, younger people. This program works for everyone because it's so flexible. I think it's a great program. It makes total sense to me. And this is, and again, I think it is easier for people to not eat at all than to eat little tiny bits of food, which is just basically annoying. You know, this is either you're doing it or you're not doing it. I, I, I do. I think it's a much more prudent way to go about things. And the, the results you're talking about, 15 pounds in a month, is a lot of weight for the, I mean, for an average person who maybe, maybe is just, t- let's say, 15, 20 pounds overweight, that's a lot of weight to be dropping. That's wonderful news. Yeah, and can I also say to you that also it's flexible. So on page 21 are all the foods, and these are regular, affordable foods. You can get them anywhere. You can be a vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, carnivore. It doesn't matter. Gluten-free. You can make clean and lean customized for you. And that's why people love the plan so much because it's so flexible and they can make it work for their budget. They can make it work for their food preference. It has just all kinds of versatility. Yeah, see, that I think is those are very, very important uh, points to make is you can make clean and lean work for you and your lifestyle. Yeah, I think a lot of problems that people have with diets where you eat the prepackaged foods or you eat, you know, this, that, or whatever it is, they're just not used to living like that. So you have to change your entire lifestyle, whereas this, you don't really, because you, as you just pointed out, you already do fast when you're asleep. So your body knows what it's doing. It just seems like a very natural way to go about it to me. Those foods also taste horrible. Those prepackaged foods, I mean, after a couple (laughs) weeks, they just don't taste like real food. And, I mean, honestly, I don't don't mean to put these programs down, but people drop these programs because the food is, is not that good. With Clean and Lean, you can do it at home. You can cook these foods at home. Or I give you a guide to be able to eat out. If you go to a restaurant, this is what you choose. So... I think that's important. I think it's terrific. Ian K. Smith, by the way, Dr. Smith, is the number one New York Times bestselling author of The Clean 20, Shred, Super Shred, The Shred Power Cleanse, and Blast the Sugar Out. He has created two national health initiatives, the 50 Million Pound Challenge and the Makeover Mile, and has served two terms on the President's Council on Fitness, Sports, Nutrition, a graduate of Harvard, Columbia. All right, I'm sick of reading about you, Dr. Smith. Now you're at Harvard and Columbia, University of Chicago's Pritzker School. You're a smart guy. Well, I'm just a hard worker. I'm not smart. I just like to work hard. You know, I was always taught as a young kid that, 
you know, work, 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 and you can overcome any kind of deficiencies you might have. Yeah, Dr. Smith, seriously, what a what a what a resume you have. That's very very impressive. Uh, where did you did you grow up in Chicago? Where did you grow up? I actually grew up in Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut, um, okay. And uh, in Fairfield County, and then I went up uh, to Boston and went to Dartmouth and New York, and so I've kind of been all over the country. But uh, I've had a great time writing and helping people and. Now, what I really think that is all about support, too, and I really yep. want to encourage listeners to join our Facebook group, Cleaner, Get Leaner. When you have support and accountability, that can make all the difference in the world. And I'm in that group all day doing live sessions, trying to help people answering questions and everything else. God, I think it's wonderful. And what's the Facebook page again? It's called Cleaner, Get Leaner. Cleaner, Get Leaner. You can go back and forth. Uh, Dr. Smith, I'd love to have you back on again and talk even more about the program. I think it's brilliant. I think it makes total sense. It kind of fits with how the, the brain works anyway. And you're eating food you want to eat, not food that tastes terrible. It's like, well, I don't want to eat that. Or I, you know, this makes total sense to me, doctor. Thanks for your yeah. time today. And hopefully we'll talk again soon, sir. I'd love to. Thank you so much. Dr. Ian Smith, ladies and gentlemen, I, I agree with him 100%. I would much rather not eat at all than eat little bits of food. Mm -hmm. I would I, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just how I am. I'd rather just not eat at all. Makes total sense. We have two in-studio guests tomorrow, Steve Hunnigs, talking about uh, the anti-Semitism in America right now, which is disgusting. Steve is a good guy, though. I've known Steve. Well, I first talked to him like 30 years ago. Adrian Washington. I've never met Adrian in person. Looking forward to that as well. But I have to put up with Doug Sprinthal tomorrow. So <laughs> you know how that is. Mom and I won't be here. Where now where you now where's she going? <laughs> I'm taking Fawn and I are taking her out to Mother's Day tea. Oh, for God's sake. So Mother's Day Sunday. we'll just be here and she'll be gone. You'll be all the women are bailed. Well, happy Mother's Day. It's to, Mother's Day happy week. Mother's Day to both of you. Thank you. And Thank, the you. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. When are you coming back? I'll be back Monday. No, that's what you say. I will. That's what you say. I've moved. <laughs> I've moved to Afghanistan. See you never. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.